Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. All right, Liz. Liz Canty, thanks for joining me. This is the Do Big Things podcast. How's it going today? It's great. It's uh, really, really warm in Colorado today, and it's going to snow, I think, 10 inches tomorrow. So just a regular day. <laughs> yeah, you're a new Coloradan, and uh, I'm right. in Boulder. Where are you at? Uh, Castle Rock. We just got here and bought a house oh. two months ago, um, and we nice. got into the state eight months ago, I guess now. Yeah, from Alabama. So we're, okay. we're loving it here. Cool. Yeah. Um, I would ask you what brought you here, but I'm guessing it's the mountains. It's uh, the mountain lifestyle, the trail running. Yeah, it was all of it. We, uh, we wrote out some really good careers in um, Alabama and then realized that uh, careers are anywhere and uh, good trail running's a little bit fewer and further between, although we did love uh, the Southeast and the Smokies and, and the trails we did have. Um, and we miss it a lot, but the dirt here is nice too. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Where's your family at? My family's from Boston um, and I'm from New England. So they're up there and my husband's from Louisiana. So we're kind of sprinkled all over the country and I've got more family in New Mexico and in Denver. So just all over the map. I'm curious, I guess, why you chose Castle Rock? Um, There's actually a really great uh, magazine uh, article in Trail Runner Mag recently about uh, the mecca that is Castle Rock. And we have We've met a lot of friends here, actually, for, uh, through uh, David Roach's coaching, the Shell Boys, they live here. And so they've, they got here first years ago, and they generated this trail running community that has, uh, like, blossomed into this very fit group, which is awesome. Um, and so the trails here are incredible. Uh, they're mountain bike trails, but they weren't built in that curvy, snaky uh, way with jumps, you mm-hmm. know, like a lot of mountain mm-hmm. bike parks are. So there's two of those here. Um, that are great. It's like 20 mi- twenty to 30 miles of trails uh, within five minutes of my house right here. Nice. And um, access to the springs is about 30 to 40 minutes south. Pikes, bar trail, all of it. It was amazing training for Cool Drill. Um, and then I can still get up to Boulder within an hour um, into, uh, you know, Roxborough Park. Yep, of course. Right. Yep, 25 minutes away. I mean, it, it it's this sneaky little sneaky little entrance to all those areas and uh yeah. it's now i think listed as one of the quickest growing suburbs so it won't be small for much longer but we found a house so we're safe for now <laughs> nice nice and how long ago did you say you moved here eight months ago 
Eight months. Okay. And mm-hmm. I'm guessing you are just loving it. I mean, I love, I'm from Wisconsin originally. I've been out here about 10 years. I love everything about Colorado. Um, I'm guessing you're feeling the same way. Yeah. I, uh, I can't hate that there's no humidity and that it barely ever <laughs> rains. I mean, that's really just what got us down, I think, at the South. And I mean, we love the people and we love all of our friends and family there. But I mean, when you're sweaty waking up in the morning, that's a, it's a long day. It's a long, and, the, and summer lasts uh, March through, you know, December, November right. nearly. It's like, it just didn't end. So that's yeah, rough. it's the climate's a little bit better. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, I mostly want to talk to you today because you are fresh off a win at Cruel Jewel, and uh, that's a race that I did once, and I really enjoyed it. I had a blast out there, and so I wanted to hear your experience, but um, let's go back. Like, how did you get into this crazy sport? Um, I, I looked you up online, and it looks like you were um, not always a runner and not no. always fond of running, so tell us how it all started. Yeah. So I was, uh, I participated in every high contact sport I possibly could growing up. I did karate for a long time up until I was 17, 18 years old and went to college. And then I found rugby. Um, I really enjoyed the team aspect, uh, of rugby a little bit, uh, but I mostly enjoyed the hitting part, uh, the, and the lot, you know, and that the rules made sense and there, it wasn't helmet protected. So you had to hit carefully and precisely and there was skill and and I, I I love that sport almost more than running still to this day I would do a pickup game or rugby anytime if I could find a team um but I probably wouldn't be able to run anymore <laughs> and so I did that for about six years through college and after did a little bit of like club sports and uh, then I coached for a while too coached for a few years high school um girls and boys rugby in Massachusetts um, and then just through that process, realized um, I'd actually hurt myself so many times in rugby. I'd had uh, three concussions, two or three concussions, um, and I'd also hurt my back really bad uh, several times, taking bad hits. And I was going to the hospital a lot for like nerve pain in my back. And uh, I was getting to that point of being prescribed uh, the only options, uh, oxy, right. That was the mm. only choice. It was mm. hardcore pain meds for, for right. nerve pain from like nerve damage. And, uh, I, you know, I grew up through that pandemic or epidemic of, uh, of drug overdoses and abuse. And I was like, absolutely not. Uh, finally found someone who was like, well, yoga and exercise and great, um, running, which you would think like the repetitive motion, spine compression, whatever, like that, that would have made it worse. And it was the only thing that got me out of like monthly visits to clinics and hospitals trying to figure out what was wrong with my back and um that got me into it just road running uh trying to uh bq that was a big deal i lived uh i lived about 15 minutes from the boston start line boston marathon start line uh, Mm -hmm. in massachusetts and so that was my only goal and i found out it was really really hard and i think i ran two or three road marathons couldn't manage to pull it off um then i moved to alabama by myself and uh, found trail running like the second day there, you know, and I and had dabbled in a little bit in Massachusetts, just on like short runs and some dirt trails we had, and then uh, volunteered my first week in Alabama at a 50k, uh, the Mountain Miss 50k, which is Huntsville's like premier race of uh, the South. I think that's what they call it, the premier 50k of the South or something like that. And uh, I volunteered at that, and I was at mile 30. Can you imagine like your first introduction to ultra running mile? the mile 38 station of like a oh, yeah. super hard 50k and you're uh, gonna be hooked in for sure uh, 
I was blown away. And I was like, well, this looks like so much more fun than road running because I was spending road running, um, needing bathroom breaks or puking because the gel was gross or, you know, just like constantly looking at my watch and half these people didn't have watches on. You could poop in the woods if you needed to. And uh, there was beer at my aid station. And (laughs) I was just like, and yeah, there was one woman specifically, I remember who was in her early, late fifties, early sixties, I think. And I met her even recently, finally, she had done the race every year for like, you know, 20 years or or whatever it would have been. And she chugged a beer at mile 30 and just carried on. And she was not in the back. She was mid pack, very happily mid forward pack. And I was like, yep this is what I need to do. And, uh, that was January, 2016 Okay, and didn't look back. (laughs) Wow. You know, I talked to so many people, uh, on this podcast mainly, but just friends as well that are trail runners. And it's like, why do people even road run anymore? Like I'm at the point where I just don't really even get it. (laughs) I I only want to go to Boston. And so I've gone now. Yeah, I, I did for anyone who cares, magically BQ after only trail running and then just like, fine, I'll try again. And, oh, you know, really? uh, yeah, there's some good pictures of me in a Solomon vest at our local uh, uh, road marathon that I only did because you got an extra sticker and a sweater if you did the 350 Ks of the winter and the road marathon of the winter that I'll run through a couple months. It's like one a month uh, through January in Huntsville and you get a sweater. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll run the road marathon as part of this um, miserable ultra existence for four months and uh, be cued by the three minutes that you needed for my age group or whatever. And uh, now that's the only one I'll run. I'll just run it, BQ, and then keep (laughs) keep running it because it's a chance to go home and see my family. That's awesome. Well, that's some sweet redemption right there. What was your BQ time? That year or for this year? Um, oh, I ran so it this year too. No, I'm more proud oh. of this year. <laughs> uh, oh, no, tell I, me that year. Uh, I ran three or three at Boston this year. I was real proud after wow. training for cruel okay. um, or well training for cruel But yeah, that first year, I think I ran three thirty, three thirty-two, and I'm, I'm, I was okay. the three thirty-five age group. Okay. Okay. So you ran Boston this year while you were mm-hmm. training for Cruel Jewel. Whoa. Yeah, yeah we did a road. My coach and I did a road build. Um, I I wanted redemption there. I'd been there in 2018. That was the that was the Des Linden year when it uh, hailed and freezing rained mm-hmm. and headwind. Um, and I had a horrible um, a horrible race after big you know training and trying to dream big. So I was like, hey, I know I've got this Cruel Jewel thing coming up but <laughs> let's throw in some fast road running. And I would do like my Sunday run and my next percents uh, on the um, paved trail here and like make sure I was ready for a road marathon. But yeah, that was a, that was a fun experiment for us. Well, I would have to guess that that contributed to your success at Cruel Jewel. Um, it put some speed under your legs. Yeah. I mean, it obviously didn't hurt you. Um, how do you feel about it? I feel good. I think the only thing, um, I mean, they, I, I've seen some great training plans for people who live in like the flatlands of Florida for races like that, about that speed is your friend intervals. And cause that's the only way you're going to, you know, get that, you know, do some of that quad damage, do some of that hamstring damage. And, um, I felt good. Um, my technical trail, I wish I had done a little more technical stuff. That was the only thing that got me was I had been so far removed from those technical trails in the South that, yeah. uh, it caught up in that last, there's one section in the last, uh, 10 miles, 15 miles where there was a burn and it's all overgrown. 
and uh, real rocky. It's a short little stretch that on the way out and the way back, I was just like so annoyed that I wasn't as confident as I used to be. Mm. So I'm going to add that to my list of things is find some more technical stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess the more I'm thinking about what, you know, we were talking about and what I just said about speed training translating to cruel jewel like did it translate because cruel jewel yeah. there's like almost zero flat it's all vertical <laughs> and, um i think but, i mean i my strength my strength's always been climbing and I'm, I'm not fast okay. uh, yeah. i'm not pretty not not particularly for some of the women i know that i've raced with who can go throw 245s and otq while they're right. you know racing like sonoma and western and stuff like that i uh i would love to have that speed but what i do have is I can hike under the table. Um, and right. I will, st- I'll stand by that. And, um, so if anything, it made, it made my, my muscles a little bit more ready for the running that's between the hiking. So I, I never felt like my hike got damaged by all the road running or, you know, training for Boston, but, um, I felt like I had the form for when it was runnable. Like when you hit the road in the middle of the night, um, mm-hmm. both ways of the long road section after old dial road mile 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, I remembered how to road run. And I think if I had really, you know, just run trail, which I have the option to do here every single day, I think I would have hit those, you know, combined tonal. I mean, would you say like 15 miles of road, maybe like, I think that would have just sort of destroyed my soul. And I, I've trudged it before and I, and I ran every step of that road on the way out and not on the way back, but nice. <laughs> on the yeah. way out at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. So you've brought up redemption a couple times and if I read right, you DNF'd cruel jewel last year. So this was another sweet redemption for you. Uh, is this a big part of your life? Do you have to come back and check these, check these boxes off or, uh, my DNFs, uh, I think in my ultra sign up are few and far between, um, for sure. yeah. this was, this one sucked The I, man, I trained so hard, uh, for cruel jewel. It was right after Barkley 2021. So I'd like it was all focused was just like hills, hills and hard and yep. hills and hard. And, uh, um, I tore my anterior tib tendon, which is like runs right along the front of your shin, make sure mm. your toes go up and down. Yep. And I tore that probably around mile 20. And, mm. uh, I did 50 more miles until, um, my long suffering husband who had been crewing this whole time, watching me limp into every aid station and then pack my sock with ice, like my uh, crew sock. And then, and then like jog away. Uh, he finally put a flashlight on and pulled my sock all the way down. Cause I wasn't letting him look at it. And he pulled my sock all the way down. He was like, yeah, you're done. Like it was bright red and bloody. And, uh, um, you know, then you're looking at all the scary um, compartment syndrome and blood clotting. And, uh, yeah, I was pulled really quick after that. And we, you know, started looking at hospitals in the vicinity. It was a lot of fun in the back dang. of Georgia at uh, <laughs> two o'clock in the morning. Right. Um, God, and that took, it took months. I was on crutches for a while. Uh, I was taking probably six weeks to get back to jogging. And uh, yeah, so that ruined my summer. It uh, just ruined that, ruined 2021 for me. Uh, But then we moved here and finally, um, yeah. So that was, I was going back no matter what. And, uh, you know, going back and finishing, you know, Eagle, Beagle, whatever, I was, I was not leaving without the buckle. (laughs) Yeah. I just kept chanting it. I was like, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm hurt. It doesn't matter if I'm walking. It's got a 48 hour cutoff. I will walk <laughs> it in. Cause I don't ever want to come back. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's pretty impressive. Um, so, okay. So going way back, um, karate to rugby <laughs> to running to ultra running, it almost sounds like a perfect setup 
<laughs> it sounds like like a cycle of just hating yourself and wanting to to just hurt as long as you can really and i've just yeah broken all the bones i can concussions i just i really like to not be comfortable i think is is what it is just <laughs> how long can i be uncomfortable for what's that all about liz i mean i find myself <laughs> yeah. in the exact same shoes I studied a lot of martial arts before I got into running, so I can kind of relate, but have you dove into that? Is there something there? Is there something in your past, your childhood? No, you wish, right? Like a, there was a quick and easy explanation. <laughs> um, I think I was the biggest tomboy, which I know isn't really a phrase anymore, um, but in the 90s, it super was when your uh, super manly you know, grandfather had no grandsons at the time, and okay. I just really enjoyed embodying that for him and being a... Uh, the biggest dude I could be and be muddy and dirty and baggy jeans and, uh, find, you know, every nastiest sport I could find to play. Um, with the exception of like, I, I didn't enjoy team sports till rugby. I was not a, I wasn't interested in like all the equipment needed for hockey or, or all I've got all baseball and the cost associated with it all. Like karate, you got to show up with, you know, basically sweatpants on. And that was like a great, you know, activity in my town. And then rugby, you just need cleats, you know, it's, um, simpler, the better for me and, you know, running, I know everybody says you only need shoes. We all know that's not true, but, uh, you know, shoes, a sports bra and something to put water in. You can, Mm -hmm. you can pretty much get away with it. Mm -hmm. That'll get you started. That'll get, get you going. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if you mentioned what was your first ultra. My first ultra was, oh my goodness. Oh, it is a race in Alabama called Black Warrior 50K. Oh my goodness, man, that was so long ago. I think I still have the, uh, I think I still have the plaque from it. Yeah, it's in a, a national forest just south of Huntsville. It is flat. I've never run it again. It's, and it's in February and I was in a tank top and shorts. Cause it was, I think 70 degrees or 80 degrees that day wow. in the middle of February. Yeah. Um, that was, that was my first one. And I think what really stunned me was I didn't run that much slower than like the worst marathon I'd run. Uh, like I think my worst marathon at that point had been just around four hours. And I think I ran that 50 K and like four fifty. you know? So I was like, well, trail, and longer. And I only ran like less than an hour slower. That's what really was like, well, this is stupid. I should only, and I wasn't hurt afterwards. You know, I was like totally fine the next day. Um, it's not a hard sell when you're like not pounding on the road, you know, not pounding on the road for four and a half hours. No kidding. Yeah. Did you, did you train for that? Were you taking it seriously or was it something you just signed up for on a whim? Uh, after mountainous 50 K after being at that aid station, I signed up for like the first thing I could find. I was like, I bet mm. I could do this. I'd been marathon training for what felt like forever. Cause I just kept trying another one. Um, so I was like, well, I'm definitely in shape. And then I just started trail running with a group in Huntsville. And, uh, I think I even had a solid crew go into this race in black warrior. Um, I specifically remember, um, running it with a friend of mine named Benj who, uh, told me, like who, you know, separated from me and was like, well, this is your first one. It's not going to go great. And, and then I, you know, passed him in the finish shoot and he let me win, you know, <laughs> let me beat him all yeah. that. But, uh, it was, uh, it was great. Yeah. I, I think I had a pack on from Amazon, you know, how like you can buy, uh, running packs from Amazon for like yep. 50, you know, 14 bucks or something. I think I had one of those on, I've got the pictures, man. It was, 
it was a day. I had a friend <laughs> hand me my iPhone at my, uh, my iPod at, uh, mile 22 or something like that. Cause I, then I was just at that point, I was bored I was like running by myself all that time. And, um, but yeah, the aid stations had like fireball, like they always do. And, um, the, you know, Oreos and, you know, uh, potato chips, you know, that was my first time actually getting to eat like that at those aid stations. Right. And yeah. If that doesn't seal the deal for anyone looking at getting into trail running, I don't know what would like you run up onto a buffet uh-huh. of quesadillas and potato chips. Yep. Yep. And it's much more social out on the trails than it is when you're running roads as well. You make so many friends, right? Oh so yeah. That for you. Definitely. I mean, I'm some of my, yeah, my closest friends to this day are all from trail running, um, totally. the friends and family, you know, the, those kids are my nieces and nephews of my, of my friends that I'm not actually related to. Uh, those are, those are our closest friendships and I'm enjoying getting to, uh, build those here. Um, even, you know, the cross country ones, you just showing up at races. I mean, going to cruel Joel the other week was, was going home for us. We'd, sure. you know, been gone for a while. And, um, it was nice to hear my name that, you know, not just cause anyone knew that that was my number, but like people who had known me from that first 50 K six years ago, mm. you know, or like, and th- those are the, some of the comments on Facebook and Instagram are like, Oh my God, I remember her at, you know, whatever 50 K, you know, this many years ago. Um, and so, yeah, the, trail running community is is countrywide if not worldwide because i know that i've got friends in switzerland and uh in france you know that I, that i can't wait to see at utmb mm. oh when's that uh my husband's doing utmb i'm gonna go to ccc uh the 100k oh, and that's sure? uh yeah. okay yep coming up in a few months so we're nice. really excited nice we can okay. book tickets and not you know go bankrupt doing it <laughs> right well that's exciting i didn't know i didn't know it was in your future but that's that's pretty awesome it's another redemption one. I quit that in 2019. So I was oh, really? your, you mentioned the theme and I forgot okay. about that. One. I was like, I haven't quit that many things. And I was like, oh yeah, I did quit. I quit CCC <laughs> for, for, you know, another, like my body stopped working. So yep. Going back to that one. And uh, after a cruel drill, there's nothing that hard. So I'm totally stoked. Yeah. Is this redemption thing, a theme in your life? I'm, I'm really hoping it doesn't have to be anymore. <laughs> so I'll just like go check CCC off. But I mean, you know, quitting is quitting and DNFing, whatever. No one should ever carry shame with it. But for some of the, like, there's some things I have no interest. Like, I think I quit a 50K in North Georgia, Cloudland Canyon, one of Sean Blanton's races years back. And I had a fever, pretty sure I had the flu, made it 20 miles. I have no need. I'm good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've seen those trails, sure. but things like the big things that, you know, or your dreams, like, I feel like sometimes those are hard to walk away from them. And so, yeah, CCC, you know, crossing that finish line in Chamonix, that one's, and, and then hopefully UTMB someday. That's, you know, why we all run cruel Joel, right? It's every qualifier and max points, you know, it's totally. just totally. start the cycle. Cool. Um, what was your first 50 miler? Georgia jewel 50 miler in okay. uh, 2017. Yeah, that was, yeah. Sorry. And take, I'm like trying to remember all these things. And I'm like, no, that's all right. I mean, you've got, it must've been it. I picked at your ultra sign up 63 races and you started running in like 2015, 2016, 2016. Oh yeah. I guess I probably have some early, early ultra sign up stuff from like 2015. There was a few races in Massachusetts I did with a friend. Um, but yeah, 2016 and, and yeah, that would have been Sorry, this is me like trying to remember. Actually, Cruel Jewel, excuse me, Georgia Jewel 50 was in 2016 because I was not married yet. That's the only way I do math. 
is was I married yet? So, right. I, and I know that I was not married because my husband was at a hundred miler in Utah while I ran Georgia Joel 50 miler. Uh, so yeah, I went straight from, I was gonna say, I definitely didn't wait a year after a 50 K to try to take on 50 miles. So I just kept going up and then, um, I did wait a year to try a hundred. I didn't, I didn't just like, I, I tried not to go too, too crazy and go 50, hundred K hundred. So yeah, I did a 50 miler in, um, yeah, that Georgia 50 miler in, I don't remember what time of year it is, September. And then I did uh, my first 100K back in Massachusetts in October of 2016. Um, okay. And then promised I would wait a year to do 100. And I and waited almost exactly a year to do 100. <laughs> promised who, yourself or? My husband. <laughs> husband? We, weren't, okay. we weren't married yet, but he'd been doing this a lot longer uh. um, than I had. And he was just, he was seeing the joy and the, like, I've got to race all the time. And um, yeah, if anyone goes and looks at my 2016 ultra sign up into 2017, you'd go like, how did she not get injured? I mean, I was <laughs> racing, if not every month, twice a month, um, just anything I could do because I really liked the flow of uh, race, drink a lot of beer, like <laughs> eat a bunch of pizza, take four days off. And then like, train for a week and then do it again. Like I just, I was really enjoying that because I didn't have to actually train. I <laughs> just right. <laughs> and uh he got a hold of that and like my Strava and uh when we were you know really serious and he was like, yeah, you're not doing that anymore. You're gonna get a coach. You're gonna not you're gonna like wait to do a hundred. He's like, cause this is how people explode and then you know oh. never run again. And he didn't he didn't want that for me. And I'm thankful every day because I have, you know, with the exception of that injury at Cruel Joel, I've stayed man you know, knock on wood. I don't have any, I have to go knock on the floor, I guess, but mostly injury free, uh, all this time, um, little things here and there, but no big showstoppers. Good. Well, your husband sounds like a smart man. Um, you can't get, I mean, you can get by on the beer and pizza thing for a yeah. while, but it's not going to last forever. So yeah, I was 25. I had, I probably had exactly as much time as I got it. I like nine, like, yeah, nine months of behaving that way before my 34 <laughs> year old boyfriend at the time was like, it doesn't work that long. It's going to yes. catch up to you. Yep. Um, and yeah, now at 30, I, I know it doesn't work that way. Cause I'm yeah. feeling cruel Joel right now. <laughs> Um, and so when you hired a coach, was it David Roach from the beginning? No, at the time I worked at the local company in uh, Huntsville, it's called running lane. It still exists. They're an incredible coaching group and they run some really awesome races. Um, uh, and then I think I was coached by, uh, AJW, Andy Jones Wilkins for uh, a little while to my first Barkley through 2018. Um, and then, yeah, started with David Roach, uh, summer of 2018 and it's been, it's been great. I, and I didn't even realize how long it had been until, uh, sorry, that's my dog breathing. Um, go away, buddy. Uh, <laughs> like in my lap. Um, I don't even realize, I think I'd realize it had been four years till I said it. Yeah. That we started together in 2018 and it's been working pretty well, I would say. For sure. Yeah. I want to hear about it, but, um, did AJW also coach you through Western States? I saw you had a, like a 20 hour and change Western States too. Nope. That was, that was David. We, uh, yeah, I think I, I, uh, I think what it was was when I was training for Barkley, I had my first Barkley, I was too stressed to be coached. And so I stopped all my coaching and just spent my days on a treadmill, hiking uphill for several months, uh, training scared. And then yeah, after that, and then working into some, I was getting ready for the bear in 2018. And, um, I started with David taking, uh, just realized, uh, me hiking till my head hurt and my knees hurt probably wasn't just going to get me 
to the finishes I wanted. So mm. had to coach it up again. Nice. Um, what's been your experience with David Roach as a coach? Um, I've heard him on podcasts. I know he's super friendly, super positive. Um, yeah. I, I'm a coach as well, kind of a new coach. So I'm always curious about what other people's experiences are. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of fun. We have some fun heart to hearts about how cynical and pessimistic and sarcastic I am. Those are always really fun because he's very genuine and happy. And he is that enthusiastic as he is on all any podcast. And he, I mean, he talks in exclamation points and uh, I was born and raised in probably the saddest, most aggressive city in the country, Boston, Massachusetts. And, um, I, I don't have that much joy in me. I wish I did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm a very happy person. You sound and, uh, like you have joy in you. I, I have a lot of joy, but I, I end my sentences with periods and very rarely with exclamation points. <laughs> those are, those are, those are the only thing I think we've ever had a, had heart to hearts over is him saying like, you're great. You have to be happy and, you know, run with joy. And I will just answer, you know, workouts with, I just suck. Why can't you tell me I suck? You know, that workout went horribly. I'm the worst. <laughs> Come on. Um, and, uh, but I think I've even gotten better from that. I think um, I, you've got to stop breathing on me, sweetie. My, <laughs> I've got two poodles who really oh, want to be on the podcast. Nice. Right yeah, on. Really want to be on the podcast. Yeah, they're very happy. Um, but yeah, he's he's been great. I really like uh, we the mix of workouts. And I mean, I know that some people trained for Cruel Jewel. I met people on the trail who just did vert, 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 vert every weekend. Climb their hearts out. And I saw those Stravas. I saw the 30 to 30,000 feet of gain a week, uh, which I number one, don't have time for. I, I work, um, way over 40 hours a week and, you know, want to cook dinner and hang out with my dogs. And so being able to incorporate, you know, more speed and get that sort of quality in without that huge quantity. I mean, it, I think it worked great. And then I would go do those huge five, six hour training runs on Saturday in the Springs or down, you know, down on the bar trail towards Pike Peak and, and get, you know, those 7,000 feet of climb days, but you know, the weekly average wasn't there. And, um, it, it's really hard to not, you know, be the comparison, be the thief of your joy or confidence, but, um, I, I can only say that it worked obviously, you know, yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Um, does your coach send you weekly training plans or does he send them out for the month or how does that work? Um, I think it's like a two or three weeks at a time. And I, I try really hard not to even look further than that. That's too stressful for me. I, I, I really, I keep my, my little app zoomed in right on just like the next two or three days. Smart. Uh, that's just how I work. Cause yep. my brain will sometimes, it, you know, sometimes that screws everything up though. When I plan a camping trip around like a 20 mile training run that I don't have a place to do it, but, but it's a, it works out pretty well. Yeah. I think he goes about two or three weeks out and um, I think he'll put long runs actually um, several weeks out, like if you're doing a long hundred mile build, um, he'll get the long runs marked in really clearly on the weekend. So that, um, if I have travel for work or anything like that, I can, you know, write that in really quickly. Like, Oh shoot, I've got to move this Saturday run to a Tuesday because I'm getting on a plane on Wednesday or something like that. So yeah, it's been great. And he incorporates rest days, right? Oh yeah. One or two a week or what does he do? Uh, I take one day a week off. I'm very happy. I know that he definitely coaches, um, streakers and they, they work that in. I know there are a lot of people who are really proud of that. Um, I definitely like my Mondays off. 
that's the day everyone gets to choose. I like to take, my, I like my Mondays off because um, my work days usually go to shit on Mondays and then I can do laundry and make our lives, catch our lives up on the way home. And uh, sure. yeah, I think everyone does it a little different. And uh, I've never, I've never had a coach or coached myself when I didn't do a day off. Um, uh, streakers are amazing. I would, mm. I would find a way to hurt myself. I can't even imagine yeah, the streakers who finish cruel drool. Oh, can you geez. imagine like on Sunday going for oh, even a one mile run? You know, I was limping through the airport on right. Sunday. And I yeah. thought of that while I was being left behind in the airport. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, rest days are great. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, training for Cruel Jewel. Is this something you were, you wanted the first place? Is this something you were trying to win for sure? Or was it more casual or how do you approach your races? I, uh, I made a pace chart and I knew that I knew that my pace, my pace chart was aggressive. I, I wrote, I wrote down sub 27. That was, mm. I think I did all the math out, paced out, you know, miles, which I think 27 works out to be 15 minute, 15 minute miles with a slowdown or something like that. I can't remember what the math is. Um, and caveat, yes. your, your time was 2634. So well <laughs> done there. Holy cow. Yeah, I was on a stupid, stupid pace through 50. I was on like 24, you know, 24 hour pace through 50 and wow. just lost time. Um, but I knew I would, so I wasn't too mad about it. I, had, I knew I hadn't run fast enough to do damage, like fast enough to bonk any harder than I would no normally. I, I kept the downhills really easy, which is the, that's the key to cruel drill. Anyone listening and wants to run it, do not destroy the downhills because it will come back to bite you. Um, totally. But but yeah, I knew that I want, I knew I wanted the course record. I, I knew that I'd been yeah. vying at that for a while. Um, it was 27, 17 before set, uh, in 2015, which, and it was, it's an, it's an incredible time on that course. Um, and so I made my pace chart. I screwed everybody's day up because I was hours ahead of it and like fucked all my pacers and my husband, no one missed me, but my husband was having to like call in troops. Like she's really? way ahead. And he kept, you know, I got, I got yelled at to slow down at every, every aid station. I didn't get congratulated. I got, you're, you're being stupid. Like, you know, as he's putting my bottles in my pack, yep. there's pictures. You can see that's what he said. Cause I'm going, <laughs> cause I'm frowning. Like, and he's like, you have to slow down. You're being stupid. And, um, mm. I did. I kept trying to slow down, but it was having so much fun. <laughs> and I, I did pay for it. I didn't, you know, but uh, it, it worked. It worked out. So I was sure, happy. <laughs> sure. Are you this intense with other aspects of your life? Like, what do you do for work? And did you go to college? And were you very, I don't know, tell was, me, does this, does this translate to the rest of your life? I, I'm, I know that no one I went to college with is now a long distance runner listening to this podcast, but um, I was the, I was a student crying after a test about how badly she did to only be told I got the highest grade on the test, which is not a brag. It is a horrible <laughs> personality trait, but I have that, I've had that story told to me at like, you know, reunions and stuff like that of just, uh, I just remember the faces like, cause I, I would, I would sob on my way back to my dorm room with my like close friends. Um, I was a, I was a nuclear engineering and I would sob and, and then we, and eventually they all got sick of it. It was only funny for a little while, but then we'd get to class on Monday and then they'd, I remember specifically I had professors who wouldn't um, grade on a curve if someone had gotten a hundred. 
and I would fuck everyone because I would occasionally be the person to get the hundred or the 98. And then, then the curve would only be two points, you know? Mm. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that I, I remember years of that just being until like when we left tests, I was no longer comforted for like being worried that I'd done wrong. So yeah, a school was like that. Uh, school is still like that. I'm still in school. I'm, I'm in my master's program right now. Um, I still cry when I don't do well. Uh, when I don't do the best on a test, but I'm also barely, you know, half paying attention while I'm also working. Um, and I now work as a, uh, I have one of those complicated titles. Um, <laughs> I am a aircraft integration systems engineer for modified aircraft for the air force. So yeah, I work for a company that like buys planes and then we put rockets and radios and antennas and, and video cameras on them and the air force uses them for whatever they're going to use them for. But I, uh, yeah. I just make sure it works at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> a lot more specifically in the avionics part, the stuff that makes it all fly, but, uh, that's what I do now. So okay. all that time in nuclear engineering, crying about test results that I now never use that right. skill. So. <laughs> <laughs> Where does your drive come from? Like, I, we haven't talked about like your growing up or your parents or I mean, does it stem from way back in childhood or where does this drive come from? I know that uh, I mean, I know that my family history is very blue collar and very over on the boat from Ireland. Uh, that's where we can trace everybody to. I still have family there back in Ireland on a sheep farm. And, uh, you know, it always it became, you know, my my dad's generation was the first to go to to go to college. And that was the generation of you get your first job, you stay there forever. And he did. He, he worked for the same company for 35 years or something like that. And only recently went to a different company before retirement. And, um, and then I think I was actually the first in my mother's family to do like a four-year engineering to, get to go to four-year college. Hmm. And so it was, it was just being the, the first of things. And I mean, we were never given an out. It was, it was A's. It was, you know, get A's. And then it was. Um, I even specifically remember my father saying he never wanted me to marry for money. <laughs> it was really important to him that I never married anyone because I didn't, I couldn't work or make my own money. And that was really important. Um, and I definitely didn't marry for money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to this later. Uh, but that was, I remember that always being really important was, uh, you know, be the best at everything and that will get you you know, through life that instilled in me this incredibly obnoxious independence that I still have that gets me in this huge fights about how I want to do everything by myself. And um, I think running being such a by yourself sport with the, you know, with the exception of crew and, and aid stations, it, it, it just goes right into that. It's like, I can do this myself. I'm going to do this myself and I'm going to do it the best that I can by myself, um, which that mentality has gotten me so far. And then the help of, you know, friends and family and the support is, you know, only gets you that much further. And, um, I've had to work really hard on actually giving up some of that sort of hard independence and desperation for success and, you know, winning. And I've had to step up, step a lot further back from that, um, in the last few years, knowing that it was, you know, alienating more than anything. Um, mm. and I think that's really important to, mm. Uh, to me. So, so the drive is there, but knowing that, you know, you don't do it yourself was, is, is becoming even more important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are your parents still around? Yeah, I've got both of them. Um, they are, 
very proud of me. They have no interest in what I do in this ultra running thing. They, they came to the Boston marathon in 2018, uh, in the pouring rain and have never, never want to go to anything else. It was awful. Um, and I think they did come to my first hundred K. Um, my mother saw me at mile 40, probably, uh, just sort of miserable, you know, just like, Oh, this is really hard. And like, sitting on the ground and like kind of collapsing onto a camp chair or something like that. And they left shortly thereafter. And uh, yeah, that was all they've dabbled in. And they, they comment on Facebook. They are very, very proud of me. And they, <laughs> I will, I know that I will never have the parents at a hundred miler. And I see those relationships and I'm in awe of them. Um, I have in-laws that will come and crew me. Uh, but yeah, they, they, my mother does not want to see her daughter not totally happy. I think they saw some of the pictures from Cruel Joel, uh, and just how pale and, you know, you know, just, you can see the tired and the the pain and they're good. Pictures yeah. are enough. <laughs> well, it's hard on parents and ultra running isn't exactly a spectator sport. Uh, you know, your, your runner comes through, you see them for five minutes or less, a couple minutes, and then they're gone again. And yeah. they're, pro- they're probably grumpy as well, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah. And having someone you love on your crew probably isn't the best idea anyways, because mom's going to tell you this doesn't look like fun. You should quit, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. I, that'd be my biggest fear. Um, I, I would love to do Vermont 100 up by them or mid-state, mm. uh, mid-state massive, I think up by, in Massachusetts. I just want mm. them at one, you know, just to the finish maybe, or, yeah. uh, out at one aid station. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be the one to yell at them if they did say something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's, oh goodness, it's getting really late and it's about to rain. You should, pro- <laughs> yeah. you should probably just stop, you know, right, um, right. but but yeah, they're definitely not going to travel to come witness the misery. <laughs> from sure, Massachusetts. For sure. We'll take Facebook support. That counts. That works. I, I'll take it. I don't even think, I mean, my God, I did not tell them I was going to the race. I might've told them I was going to Georgia for a race. That might've been it. No one told them I started. I did tell my husband at one point, like, Hey, have you told my parents it's going well? Like, and he went, Nope, for totally forgot to talk to them. And that was the extent of it. And then afterwards I did call them Cause they follow me on Instagram, you know, and I called them like, God, I don't even think I called them that day. I think I called them at the airport or something the next day. <laughs> and they were like, Oh, so everything went okay. And I was like, yeah, it was just like the hardest 26 and a half hours of my life. I guess I should have, I was like, I wish Luke had gotten a hold of you and uh, yeah, but no love lost. I'm going home in a few months. Right. Right. Wow. <sighs> um, looking back over your running career, like what are some of the standout moments? Was it big hundred mile races or losses or DNFs or what stands out? I've got a few good memories. I think my first, one of my first memories is uh, running the Grand Teton, running out in the Grand Tetons um, on the big, the big route behind the Grand Tetons uh, that's back there uh, with my now husband, uh, friend at the time. Uh, that was the only way we got away with this trip. A uh, friend at the time who, uh, you know, was like, oh, we'll end up walking a lot. Like you're new to it. It'll be fine. And it was him and another one of his friends and me. And we were going to do this 30 mile route. Uh, you know, would have been, I think, th- 35 miles, maybe 40, like longest I'd ever run. They'd all run hundreds, you know, and I was going to be the one that held them back and quit. We had to take filters. It was a big backcountry adventure. And uh, they all quit 20 miles in. And 
somebody had had a bad breakfast and was pooping a lot. And um, I do not remember my husband's excuse at the time. He was not feeling good. And we ended up having to quit at, uh, I think it's Jenny Lake up in the Tetons, where you can take a ferry across the lake to where there's a road. We had to like quit at the ferry. We didn't have any money. We had to like beg them to ferry us that we'd pay them when we got there because (laughs) my mother-in-law was going to pick us up. It was, that day was fun because I was having a great time and I was like really looking forward to this long day and everybody quit on me. And uh, I got to gloat about that for a long time. That's one of my first, and that was one of my first running experiences, not on the East coast um, was just being at the Grand Tetons and seeing that. And we've still got some amazing prints that we hang up to this day. And uh, Western States definitely up there. Mm. Can't, can't not be for anybody. Um, Mm -hmm. That was incredible that race is so fast is it like the the times people run there and i was slogging along (laughs) mind-blowing mind-blowing well you still had a pretty good time i'm curious how you approached western states like um did you have time goals or were you just happy to be there or how did you approach that one I think the dream was top 10 and I got really close um, for a while. I stayed really close. I was in 11th for, for a while up until the last 10 miles, I think last 10 or 11, uh, 10 or 15 miles. Um, so that's the goal, right? Cause then you get to come back and get better at it. Yep. Um, we trained real hard. I came off GDR as my golden Georgia death race as the golden ticket to get into that. And um, I really think I just, you know, I hadn't been running long enough in my lifetime. Like I'd just been, mm that would have been, that was my third hundred. Oh, damn. Was that only my, yeah, it was only my third hundred miler. And uh, I think not that I would have blown it out of the water with another year under my belt, but, um, I definitely hadn't been running on Western trails mm-hmm. and how runnable those are. is just what got to me by the end. The fact that it was still runnable. I remember complaining that to my husband and all my crew where they were like, it's so beautiful and fun. I'm like, it is so runnable. Like I am <laughs> just exhausted there's nothing like that out east um even if it's kind of flat you know you're still sort of hobbling along over rocks and roots and this you know california carpet right like Mm -hmm. it's all out the women are running seven minute pace like and i didn't train to run for 20 hours straight my longer you know my long runs five six hours were still hiking for half Mm -hmm. of it because i didn't have much of a choice um but yeah and now that i'm out here i'm it's definitely on the list, uh, not redemption, but definitely on the list to just see what, uh, what I could do if I went and got myself another golden ticket. Um, especially now that there are no more golden tickets on the East coast. So I can't mm. even try to go back and, and do it again out there. So I'm going to have to find one out here. No more golden tickets on the East coast. Really? Yes, there are no Georgia death race was the last, uh, East of the Yep. East of the Mississippi, there are no golden, golden ticket races anymore. Not oh. much count the new Europe system they have. I don't understand how any of it works, but I think there's some out there, but yeah, GDR is the last one yeah. Yeah. waiting to find out I'm, I'm wrong, but I can't, I can't think of, I can't think of any, um, I hope they, I hope they look at stuff and, and find one, um, mm. because it'd be great if, if we could get another East coast race. Uh, cause I think the trails are, I think the trails make it hard and, um, I think it would give some East coast women a, a a chance yeah. um, or get blown out of the water by any, you know, by any, by anybody. But uh, I know that's what helped out at, you know, GDR for uh, me and the woman who won GDR in 2019 was um, a hard race on those trails. And uh, that's what she was used to running on. That's what I was used to running on. And uh, it worked out. Mm-hmm. 
How about Penn Hody? Um, I see you got a first place there. Um, tell me about that yeah. experience. That's that would have been my last, my like third moment. Uh, that was my first hundred, and um, I went into 100? that. Yeah, Whoa. that was my first one, twenty seventeen, uh, yeah. twenty two hour, twenty three hours, whatever, whatever. There, twenty two something probably, and yes. uh, that uh, that I went into that race with a lot of imposter syndrome, with a, and with a lot of like with a lot of confidence and a lot of, mm-hmm. but also a lot of fear that I didn't. I wasn't winning right off the bat, like, cause I'd been, I'd been successful enough, you know, to that point where I was like, well, I'm just going to win. And, uh, very quickly, you know, like running smartly in fourth or fifth, you know, and just like coming in every aid station, like, my God, why? Like, I'm still running. Okay. Like how come everybody else is running? Okay. And then my husband just kind of being like, it's a hundred miles. Like there's still 60 more miles that you have to run. Like it's all going to go to shit. Don't worry. And it, and it did like, <laughs> everyone falls apart at their own pace. I walked, I think I walked the last 15 miles of that race, wow. you know, super confident that I would run it all the way in. And you run around a track at a Pinhody, just like at Western, okay. I would like sprint around the track and, uh, no, I hobbled around the track. Um, I didn't have the strength yet for hundreds. I was strong enough to do the hundred, but I hadn't, you know, I wasn't weightlifting. I wasn't, I wasn't doing all the PT and the other stuff. My 26 year old body could just do it. And now there's a lot more that goes into getting to a finish line. And, um, but yeah, that was, that was a day. I, I love some of the pictures from that race. Cause I am chafed to all get out and, uh, never figured out nutrition. I, uh, for that race, I ate a family size pack of Oreos. That was it. And tailwind. Oh, come on. That was it. I, my, my dad found that out after, and he like got green in the face and he was like, <laughs> you ate Oreos for 22 hours. And I was, yeah, they kept trying to give me other food. And, and to this day, we still buy Oreos and I will take a handful with me onto trail. Um, they, they do it for me. And uh, yeah, so I, and then I remember when we ran out of them too, cause it was only like mile 70 and we were like, you ate the entire package. We're out of Oreos. And I was like, well, that's really sad. And then one of the aid stations had those lemon ones, like the store brand lemon cream ones and that was incredible and that was disappointing and then that was just the end of that day for me where I was like we're out of Oreos I'll just drink Tailwind for the rest of the day and then we ran out of Tailwind too it was hilarious it was just a comedy of like learning we brought so much food you know I was trying to do all the stuff like rice balls and sweet potatoes we had made all this stuff and I only ate Tailwind and Oreos and we ran out because I ate it all and that's all my husband could do he's like you ate it like I don't know what to do I can't buy Tailwind it's two o'clock in the morning um we now learn to bring like 80 servings of Tailwind with us and uh a family size pack of Oreos and oatmeal cream pies that's what I do now oh okay well, that sort of leads into what I was going to ask next is like, how, how have things changed for you from those days? Like not only your diet and nutrition, but you mentioned that you could get by with, you know, less strength training, less PT. How has that changed over the years? Oh yeah. Aging has been a lot of fun. And I know anyone <laughs> who listens to this will be really offended. I'm only 30 years old, creeping up on 31, but uh, stuff started to get weird just this year. Like my lower back went out, which I, it feels weird to say, you know, that it's like watching TV one day and moved funny and yeah. needed to go to my physical therapist. And I was like, I can't turn. I realized like, I wasn't, I wasn't using my back. I was using my shoulders and my like legs to pick stuff up. I was, I, so I ended up with like identifying that I had no lower back mobility this year, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. And, um, 
So now I'm working on that. Now I do like, you know, yoga, cat, cow. Mm -hmm. I do that like every day for like 10 Mm -hmm. minutes. And I've got a bunch of core stuff and a bunch of yoga I've got to keep up with. And um, I do sort of standard strength routines. I just got to be a lot more careful about it. You know, sometimes my work, you know, work week gets busy and I, I feel like four or five years ago, I could go three weeks without doing all that stuff. And now if I go a week, I, I, cause I have travel and I don't, you know, can't pack stuff. I know immediately that I have not strength trained because mm-hmm. the next run I start is really sore. Um, and I think cruel drill went so much better because I, um, have a PT here now, finally in Colorado that I really like working with. And, um, I don't know if anyone knows this in Alabama, you can't go to a PT and show up. You, you can't just show up and say, I'm a runner and things are a little weird. Could I get help? You have to go to a regular doctor and get referred and you can't pay out of pocket. You have to work through your insurance. And it is really complicated to, uh, get sort of like specialized running care in, um, a state where running is not the number one sport. (laughs) And, um, so now I'm moving here. Yep. I have someone I see, you know, every other week or so I get to go Friday and I'm really excited because I'm going to get like, all massaged out because everything's really sore. Nice. Um, and, and so it just takes a little more care than I was ever, you know, prepared for, uh, to, to make it all the way through and not, um, because, you know, quitting or, or crumpling because your, your body fails you, which was like, you know, something you could take care of is, um, is really frustrating, you know, one-off things tripping, you know, how I, I hurt my tendon last year that was a that was a freak thing freak things suck but when it's like oh this is my it band flaring up that i've known about for six months you know that kind of stuff is like deal with it now everybody everybody listening you're like whatever's bugging you and you have a race in six weeks go you know go deal with it because it when it takes you out it's devastating yeah yeah well i can relate on all fronts believe me um so pt every day is that something that you practice every day like the exercises Um, you've been assigned the, the little stuff like band work. Um, I love my exercise bands for, you know, hip, uh, hip and glute stuff and the, the sort of back yoga that I've been doing that that's become an everyday thing. Um, even at my desk, I keep a set of exercise band at my desk and I can mm. do them and do little like butterflies, <laughs> with my knees and look like a crazy person. Uh, and then I probably get in the gym twice a week, which doesn't, which doesn't sound like a lot, but, um, now we're finally getting a gym set up at the house now that we've moved in. And I'm hoping that that'll lead to a little more like weekend check-ins too. Cause, um, mostly it's like my lunch break, you know, that I can go get sweaty and right. uh, try not to miss any meetings. Mm, okay. Yoga, stretching, anything like that? Yeah. I, I mean, I'll add some yoga in, especially with, with this back stuff that I've got going on. And, um, I really like, thrown in some sun salutations who doesn't love like a good sun salutation here and there to like warm up. Um, but I don't, I haven't found a studio here and the pandemic really messed with all that for me. I used to go to yoga. I used to go to yoga. Um, I used to even go to spin sometimes as like, a uh, as an alternate, if I was a little tired from running and I haven't, I haven't really gotten comfortable with going back to, to classes yet in studios. I'm hoping I feel better about it soon. Cause I do miss group yoga. And I felt like that was a way better if you pay for it show up (laughs) yeah totally but uh but yeah the pandemic made it weird (laughs) yeah yeah i gotcha um diet um i know you like oreos and oatmeal cream pies i think you said but uh, what's your normal day-to-day diet look like is it something you focus on or not really yeah i mean we we used to be vegetarian actually for we used to be very strictly vegetarian um 
and now I think everyone's, you know, favorite cheat word is flexitarian. Uh, but it became really clear that just with the way we live, um, it, trying to do that, especially with eating out and, and work travel, you know, you end up eating French fries, which I, <laughs> right. that always makes me the most upset when I, I do have, you know, I've got a lot of vegan and vegetarian friends and sometimes you get, especially God in Tennessee and Alabama and you're traveling for a weekend of training and racing and you get to a dive and your option is a burger or French fries. Like that's what you can eat. Yeah, I'm going to choose the burger and get yeah. protein and get, you know, extra, you know, get those, those vitamins and stuff. And, and we've just sort of incorporated that into our life. I think I, I might cook meat once every two weeks or so that's, okay. but otherwise, and we do, we'll do a lot of the, um, tofu and tempeh. I really like that stuff and, uh, stir fries at home. And then, we're, I mean, I grew up on the East coast and my husband, you know, grew up in Louisiana. So we're fish people. So that was hard. Mm -hmm. You know, we gave that up too, when we were being, when we were vegetarian and, uh, I missed that way too much. So we we've incorporated, uh, fish back, but, uh, Colorado's super inland for me to really want to go yeah, <laughs> totally right. believe in supply chain, but, uh, fish is usually a going home thing. So we, we really only get fish a couple times a year and, uh, or if we're going to a nice restaurant, but, uh, God forbid we go home to Boston. Like we were just home in um, April. We eat fish for every meal. Like yeah. I'll, I will find a way to have fish totally. for breakfast when yeah. we're, when we're spitting distance from the coast. No, I know as much as I love sushi, it's like, th there's no ocean around here. We're in Colorado. Yeah. Like where's this coming from? <laughs> yeah. And there's a few places like, like we're going to go to dinner in a little bit. And uh, there's a place that has fish tacos hmm. and they're expensive. So I believe in them. And so maybe tonight <laughs> I'll get fish tacos. But okay. they also have some really awesome vegan options that I'll probably get to. <laughs> nice, nice. Ah, all right. Well, what's in your future? You mentioned CCC. Um, are you looking five years down the road, 10 years down the road? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, tell me, what, what are your thoughts? Like, what's going on? <laughs> well, then, you get a, then you have to say it out loud, right? Um, <laughs> I, I want to go for the Pinhoti FKT. Um, I'm, ah. I'll say that out loud. That's the Sweet. 350 miles. That I mean, I've got those tattoos on my leg. Um, that is, that's my place. Those are our trails. Those are our people. Those are, those are the towns we used to hang out in, you know? And, um, so that's, I've been, I've been on almost every single step of that trail between okay. the, the hundred miler and, uh, the Georgia jewel is on mm. that trail as well. And my husband attempted it last year mm. and I paced him a lot. So I've, I've almost covered every, <laughs> every yeah. foot of it. I want to do it all in one go. Um, I want to do attempt that this fall. Uh, it's looking like we probably, won't have the vacation time after CCC. So maybe that's next fall. It's definitely a fall thing. Any, any other time of the year, it's just going to rain on you. What's um, the current FKT there? The women's FKT was just recently set. And actually I cannot remember what it is off the top of my head. That's really embarrassing. Um, I think it is in the five, I think it's in the five or six day range right now. Okay. I want to say, okay. uh, I know the men's one just got set too. So I think they're, I think they're both in the, in the five, six day mm. right now. And, um, yeah, yeah my, I, I'm, someone's going to yell at me immediately. I'm, I'm going to text someone. I'm sure my husband, if he was here, he would know it immediately. Cause he, he just tried to go for it. He made it about 220 miles, um, before that damage from a hurricane just destroyed him. Um, oh. but, but yeah, no, it's on our, it's on my list. And, uh, otherwise there's some crazy FKTs out here. Like I would love to do the Colorado trail, just yeah. go do all of it. Um, 
definitely everyone dreams about hard rock, you know, yep. however many years it takes, I will keep trying. Yep. Uh, last year was the first year I lost my, uh, ticket, you know, because of the not finishing cruel drill, you know, it was all I had. Oh yeah. Uh, first time I wasn't able to enter. So uh. get back into that whole thing and, um, whatever, you know, all the other things out here, there's so much of the West that we never sort of dabbled in mm. that now we have a chance to, and we're really, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'll put, I was looking at you Ray for next year as my hard rock, qual- you know, doing it. I like to do hard rock qualifiers every year, not just yeah. every other year, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. keep doing them. So you stay ready. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a whole part of the country now we get to explore. Um, I've still haven't been up, only done one 14 er, you know, I don't have the oh, dreams okay. of doing all of them. Cause I think that, creates the madness that it creates but uh pike's peak pike's is that the one you've done no uh the one that sounds german that one german I can't remember okay i don't know that's not helpful at all i'm no, the worst right. coloradan um, <laughs> you're new well, we forgive you it's the easy one um, um it's it's the quandary easy oh beer stat that one beer stat okay oh beer there we go yep. so yeah yep. we did beer, right. we did beer stat and uh cool we tried to do Evans, but we decided to do it as a long run. And we started from, um, I forget where we, Echo Lake. We started Lake. from that. Yeah. We started from Echo Lake, which would have made it like a 12 or 13 mile round trip. And we ran out of time. That's how slow we'd only been in Colorado for, I think like two or three weeks. And, uh, the, the altitude hit, hit us a little bit. And we started <laughs> slowing down as we got up to like, I think we made it up to 13,000 feet. We were maybe a mile from the summit and, uh, it had taken us like two and a half hours and our dogs were in our apartment. <laughs> and so we both looked at our watches and we we're like, oh, we can either clean up pee or we could turn around. <laughs> and so yeah. we stopped like at the parking lot of Evans, we stopped basically. Uh. And turned around. So we're going to go back to that one. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. Pikes. I mean, I think people are up on pikes now going up bar trail all the way to the top. So, um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm literally already like, Hey, what are we doing next weekend? You know, I'm mm-hmm. back to running next weekend. What are we doing? Nice. So. Yeah. Colorado has endless exploring. You can just go forever and not even scratch the surface. I mean, it's, it's so cool. I'm ready to retire. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. The 14ers, the 13ers, there's the Colorado trail. There's yeah. All the, I mean, there's a million races out here. Um, there's Nolan's 14. I mean, yeah, it just goes on. Nolan's. I know it's all there. Like Nolan's is definitely on the list. It's just all the stuff that like, I, I'd have to put, uh, you know, a whiteboard and cover a whole wall with whiteboard or chalkboard to, to keep track. And, um, yeah, I didn't even know the 13ers. Someone explained that. I mean, I think one week ago I learned about the 13ers, you know, and someone was like, well, you know, there's like a million peaks that aren't 14ers that aren't as busy. And I was like, nope. Oh my God, that sounds, that makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm learning everything just like week by week. Nice. Nice. Well, welcome to Colorado. <laughs> this is it's awesome happy. out here. You're going to love it. Yeah, for sure. Well, so many congrats on Cruel Jewel. Um, I'm pumped for you and uh, I'll keep an eye on you and see what's what's coming in the future. Good luck at CCC. And um, thank you. yeah, looking forward to hearing about it and um, enjoy your fish tacos tonight. Awesome. It was great talking to you and really nice to meet you. Hey, you too. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Hopefully we'll see you. See ya. Have a good day. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what we are doing at Big Things Crewing or you enjoy the podcast, please consider donating to us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash do big things is where you can drop a dollar in the hat, so to speak. 
I'd like to thank our loyal Patreon subscribers. Without you guys, this isn't possible. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'd like to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoscan. Their running apparel keeps you comfortable in absolutely any condition. Say goodbye to chafing and blisters. Check them out, exoscan.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for 15% off. I also want to tell you guys real quick about Bigger Than the Trail. Bigger Than the Trail is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization that is using trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health. If you've ever thought about getting therapy but aren't in the position where you can afford it or you don't have insurance, Bigger Than the Trail offers you free therapy for three months. Yes, you got it. I said it. You heard it right. I couldn't love what these guys are doing more. I signed up for it. It was quick. It was easy. Within 48 hours, I had a a therapist that met all my pre-requirements. It was all matched up with me and met my personal criteria. And I met with her every week for, I don't know, a couple months. And, uh, you know, I, I, I met with her until I felt a little bit better. And, uh, you know, I'm trying this thing. You guys should try this thing. And, you know, we can all do it together. Look up Bigger Than the Trail. Sign up for the services and let's do the small things in life that eventually lead us to doing the big things. Let them know we sent you. Also, we want to thank Alter Ego Running. They make premium performance hats. Everyone needs a good lid or two when you're out running on an epic adventure. Uh, These hats should be your go-to on everyday runs, epic adventures, and just cruising around town. Check out Alter Ego Running. Use our promo code capital all caps, do big things, and that's for 20% off. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest non-alcoholic craft beer in the market. Check out athleticbrewing.com and use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the finest non-alcoholic beer around. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. Remember, guys, life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run.